but Augustus is not. One of the reasons is that Shakespeare never wrote a play about him, perhaps because there is little natural tragedy in a man who lives to a ripe old age and dies in his bed. He appears as Octavius in Julius Caesar, and as Caesar in Antony and Cleopatra, but in neither play is his character particularly engaging, unlike Brutus, Antony, or even lesser players like Enobarbus. His fate is principally to serve as a foil to Antony, weak, even cowardly, but cold and manipulative where the latter is brave, intensely physical, simple, and passionate. The contrast was already there in the ancient sources, and had its roots in the propaganda war waged at the time. It has only tended to become even more pronounced in modern treatments of the story. Think, for instance, of the glacially cold performance with just hints of sadism, given by Roddy McDowell in the famous 1963 epic movie Cleopatra. Calculating, devious, and utterly ruthless, such an Augustus encourages the audience to sympathize with Antony and Cleopatra, and thus makes their deaths all the more tragic, for in the end these stories are about them. No play, film, or novel with Augustus at its heart has ever captured the popular imagination. In Robert Graves' novel, I, Claudius, and the wonderful BBC dramatization, which is now at least as well known, he is once again no more than prominent among the supporting cast. This treatment is much more sympathetic, and he plays a different role as the simple, emotional, and only occasionally menacing old man being outmaneuvered by Livia, his manipulative and murderous wife. Such stories are involving and entertaining, but on their own give no real understanding of why Augustus was so important, making it hard to connect the young schemer to the aging and often outwitted emperor. There is far more to Augustus' life than this, and this bigger story is far from dull. One of the great dangers is to assume an inevitability about his success, whether based on his genius for politics or, and this is an older view, wider trends which made the creation of a monarchy at Rome little more than a matter of time. Augustus' longevity surprised everyone, as did his success, especially in the early years. Much of the time the gambler is more obvious than the careful planner. Augustus took risks, especially during the civil wars, and not all of these risks paid off. There was more of Julius Caesar about him than is sometimes appreciated, not least in his ability to extricate himself from scrapes of his own making. Nor is there any real evidence of a long-nurtured plan for creating his new regime. Instead, the picture is one of improvisation and experimentation, creating the system by trial and error, with chance events playing almost as big a role as design. The image of the icy manipulator also quickly vanishes as we look at a man who struggled and often failed, to restrain his passions and hot temper. This is the Augustus who had an affair with the married and pregnant Livia, made her husband divorce her, and then had the man preside over their wedding mere days after she had given birth. It is an episode you might expect more of Antony, or perhaps even more of Nero, great-grandson of Mark Antony and Augustus' sister. Alongside the passion came a good deal of savagery. Augustus, Antony, and their fellow triumvir, Lepidus, were all guilty of mass murder, famously during the proscriptions. These many, then, shall die, their names are pricked, in Shakespeare's version, 
and on plenty of other occasions. That the other warlords of this era rarely behaved any better does not absolve them of such cruelty. It is often difficult to like the young Augustus, in spite of his moderation in later life, and the struggle to reconcile two apparently different men has troubled most of his modern biographers. Often the solution is effectively to divide his life into two. His initial rise up until the victory at Actium readily lends itself to narrative, packed as it is with battles and intrigue, and such well-known characters as Cicero, Brutus, Sextus, Pompeius, and Cleopatra. Then many biographers will jump to his later years and turn to the alleged intrigue surrounding his choice of successors, and it is no coincidence that these two distinct stories mirror the themes chosen respectively by Shakespeare and Graves. Other authors, especially those from the academic world,